Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today to take a look at week number nine. Yeah, it was it was definitely a week for the underdog. So before I say any more, I'll let you go ahead and give us what the betting trends were. Yeah, no doubt. The favorites did end up going uh, successful straight up. Seven and four records straight up. However, as was the case pretty much all year, dogs led six wins, three losses, and two pushes against the spread. Uh, home and away, home teams were seven and four straight up as well. Same record against the spread, six, three, and two. Unders completely dominating Alley eight and three to the under. Yeah, I think it was. I was out watching the games with my dad and my brother yesterday. This is my last day in Jersey. I go back to California tonight, but it seemed like for the one o'clock games, one o'clock Eastern, we all said at the same time every game besides the the uh Cincinnati game was going under. It was just no one was scoring unless your name was Joe Mixon. It was <laughs> like it, it was a crazy day. It wasn't my best week again. I was like right about the 500 mark, I believe. Even though I usually take a lot of underdogs, I missed with a few. Atlanta, it, that was just a bad beat, fumbling that, uh, you know, getting that fumble, fumbling again. That was a bad beat. The Raiders, they just let me down. You have a 10-point lead again, then you blow it in the second half, can't even score a point. No. Bucks, Bucks missed covering by half a point, so that hurt me. But otherwise, they were very entertaining games. So let's get right into that Bucks game, Bucks and the Rams. I think that I I wish I wasn't wrong, but I said before kickoff this game's going to be a dud, and it was a dud. I mean, it was there was no scoring. It was an ugly game. Neither team looked like they belong in the playoffs this year. But we did see a vintage Tom Brady come back with about fifty something seconds ago. And he did lead his team to the game-winning touchdown. So, Robert, let me ask you this. With the Atlanta Falcons losing two, did yesterday's win save the season for the Bucs? <laughs> Great point. Yeah, I, I, I did kind of predict that regardless of how bad Tampa looks, they're going to somehow end up winning this division and sneak their way into a playoff spot. I just don't know if this is going to be something where they're going to end up doing any kind of damage or any kind of noise at all. Ultimately, what I think is going to happen is they're probably going to make it. Uh, so if we want to call it a season-saving win, I guess we can. You know, as a three-point favorite, Tampa did close three. They did beat the Rams 16-13. They won yardage 323. They held the Rams to 199 offensive yards. Uh, red zone, they did score once in three attempts. Uh, the Rams did not. Uh, none, none of them turned the ball over, but Tampa did have two fourth down failures. Still ended up making it a you know making it a win. So that touchdown scored was very very late, obviously to win Alley. Yeah, right before the touchdown was scored, I was watching it with my dad. We were back home by then, and I said, whichever team wins this game, you still can't feel good about it. I don't care even if it was in comeback fashion. It was an ugly game to win. These are still two disappointing teams. And with the Bucs, yes, their season was probably more saved, not so much by the fact that they beat the Rams, but because Atlanta blew that game. If Atlanta didn't blow that game, they have, they're have they right back above 500. they They're still in the driver's seat in the NFC South. So I think that if I'm Tom Brady and the Bucs, I'm sending every thank you letter I can to, huh. to Dicker, the, the Chargers field goal kicker, because he yeah. saved probably their season. But enough with the Bucks. How about the Rams, Robert? Are they are they pretty much officially done this year so far? 
Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely finished. They're not going to be really much a favorite the rest of the way. Uh, at Arizona, they'll probably be a small favorite this coming week. At the Saints, they'll be a tiny, tiny favorite. Kansas City, they'll probably be a touchdown dog. Uh, hosting Seattle, well, we'll get to them. You know, that's going to be a lot closer of a spread. Right. Things have changed drastically. I guess that's what happens when you sell your soul to win the Super Bowl. There's not much left to left on the cupboard. Jalen Ramsey, you know, as good as he is, he couldn't cover really much of anything. Adam, you know, it, there really wasn't much to to shine a light on and, and talk for, you know, small little victories for them. But uh, I, I think ultimately we could say, Allie, you're right. The season is finished. Yeah, I think it's long gone, especially in that division with the Niners getting McCaffrey. They're going to definitely start heating up the Seahawks. They aren't going anywhere. I have to say they're for real as well after weeks of doubting them. So for the Rams, it just seemed like everything. Not only did everything come together for them last year in terms of getting the right players, but they got lucky. They didn't have to face the Chiefs or the Bills in the Super Bowl, because I think that if they face Kansas City or Buffalo in that Super Bowl, it's not even a close game, in my opinion. But they did get the Super Bowl. That's what L.A. wanted. As you see with the Lakers, they play for today, not tomorrow. And unfortunately, tomorrow has expired on the Rams. So let's move to the biggest upset of the day, which being obviously in New Jersey and no Giants. We had, we were on a bye, so the bar was filled with whatever Jets fans wanted to creep out of their hole. But it that place just the bar I was in just erupted when the Jets finally nailed the coffin on the Bills and upset them. So let me ask you this, Robert: Was this game more of a of a Bills loss or a Jets win? Great question. Um, Jets win. Uh, you know, obviously, no one looked you know looked at the spread and said you know the, the Jets will be a, you know keep this game close. Uh, we closed the game eleven and a half. Buffalo better than the New York Jets. And I mean, the Jets really, they did exactly, it just shows you, this is why you, you play football because you never know actually how it's going to end up. I think the key deciding factor here beyond the numbers, you know, where the Jets did end up, you know, picking up 174 yards of rush against 134. They did have two turnovers induced for the Bills. You know, the Bills also had that fourth down failure. Uh, other than that, the stats look pretty darn close. You know, the, the Jets did, you know, they did have, end up getting a really cheap 19-yard touchdown drive, so that definitely helped. But it just shows you just how how minute this game could be, you know, to, to end up getting two turnovers. Uh, that's pretty much all you needed for them to win. And look, it, it kind of made sense. They only scored – I mean, how many times does Buffalo get held to 17 points? Their two losses, one was, you know, in another freaky game in Miami where it was like 100 degrees mm-hmm. and that was soaking wet from the humidity. Uh, and, and this one here, just, you know, complete dumb luck where the Jets managed to do what they had to do. They got the defense charged up to 100. Uh, and that's how they ended up, you know, picking up this win. Heck, Buffalo did have a chance to tie it in the end, but the Jets even, you know, stayed super tight there. So definitely credit to the Jets for picking up a win here. So I would say I would disagree in the sense I, I think this was a Bills loss because from the opening drive, the Bills have great field position after I don't even know what the Jets were trying to do with that kickoff if he just slipped or, or <laughs> was. But yeah. the Bills, they get great yardage. Josh Allen looks good. And then we got an interception. 
And from that point, I said, even though I had the Bills covering, I said the Bills aren't going to cover after that. I was like, I can already see how Josh Allen is going to play today. He's not going to be sharp. He was sharp on the ground. He did use his legs. I think he accumulated like 86 rushing yards, but he he didn't look good throwing. He barely comp- completed 50% of his passes. He just didn't look like Josh Allen yesterday. I don't know what that was a factor to. I don't know if they just weren't prepared to play the Jets after they were all fired up to beat Green Bay on Sunday night. But the Bills did not look like themselves. And I think the Bills' defense still played pretty well, but their offense did just did not look like their offense. And I know they had that Skycam incident for a while, suspended play for a little bit. That had nothing to do with their loss. And the Bills still had a chance to come back. They had a couple seconds left. They, they could drive. They were pretty much a four, a four down out to end the game. But I still think that when the Bills play the Jets, I think it's in three weeks and they play in Buffalo. I really think they'll blow out the Jets. I mean, that if three weeks is a long time for now, a lot could happen. But I still think that the Jets are probably worse. That, they're at least minimal. They're at least third best team in their division. They're not better than the Dolphins. They're not better than the Bills. So I will give the Jets defense all the credit they deserve. I think Sauce Gardner is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time. He just plays with fire and he's just very, very good. So they really hit the they really hit it out of the ballpark when they drafted him. But, you know, for me, Robert, looking back at this game, now that I said I think this is the Bills loss, what happened to the Bills in your opinion? Was this like you said about Miami? It was just a freak loss, or what was your take from it? Yeah, I, I really do feel that's the case. I think we just have an instance here where this was just a freak loss. They really couldn't figure out like everything seemed to flow right and from the first drive that's exactly what i thought was going to end up this is just going to be an elementary game for buffalo but i I don't know i just feel like every time that something freaky can happen it did but in the jets favor so i'm just gonna write this one off and just say look jets got it uh their defense came up with you know pocket aces every time they needed them you know, and uh, it just ended up in the right direction for him. That's really it. I, I, I don't see anything else. I mean, it's it's not because of Zach Wilson, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But give the Jets credit where they de- get credit where they deserve it. So let's move on to the Seahawks and Cardinals. You mentioned the Seahawks earlier. They were underdogs going in the Cardinals. I think that they weren't every respect they deserve right now. Geno Smith should be right behind Saquon Barkley for comeback player of the year. Pete Carroll, I know his name hasn't been talked about in Coach of the Year. I think his name should be right up there. But let's talk about the Seahawks first. Who's who's to credit for the Seahawks' success, Robert? I know we talked about this last week. But is it just a combination of coaching, front office, and personnel? Or is there just really one one particular piece of this puzzle you want to give all the credit to? I uh, I was mocked mercilessly at the start of the year and I uh I said the Seahawks are probably gonna be in for one of their worst I was seasons. right with you on that. <laughs> and, I took the under on their like five win season. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not really sure, you know, what Smith came back from, you know, but besides, you know, everyone writing him off as basically just a replacement level passer. Uh you know, and, and then we're like, okay, so great, you know, Russell Wilson's gone. So here's Drew Locke. And he looked terrible in preseason. I just didn't think that this was going to be much of anything. And yet here we are. They're six and freaking three, Allie. Uh, You know, 421 yards of offense yesterday. 
at Arizona. So this was on the road. Six yards per play. Uh, rushing picked up 158 yards of rushing. 100% in the red zone. They got in the red zone. They were four for four. Completely closed out Arizona in every single way possible. Uh, you know, and Arizona on top of that, you know, they did end up picking up a, a touchdown on an interception return. So outside of that, uh, you know, it, it should have possibly be, even been 31 to 14, Ali. Um, this is a, 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 everyone gets the pat on the back from, from Coach Carroll all the way down to the place kicker. Everyone is going well, well beyond anyone's expectations. And honestly, Seattle's got to be the story of the year. Yeah, I, I think that they're right up there with Jets as the story of the year, especially with the Jets, how they started just getting blown out by the Ravens. They had that freak win against the Cleveland Browns. They got blown out by the the Bengals the following week, and then they just emerged on the scene. So let's quickly talk about the Cardinals before we move, move to the next game I want to highlight. But by all accounts, the Cardinals season is done now as well. I thought there, if there was any chance, you know, it looked good a few weeks ago. DeAndre Hopkins was coming back. We know how well Kyler Murray plays with DeAndre Hopkins. Really, if it wasn't for Andy Dalton just playing terrible, the Cardinals could easily be 0-3 since Hopkins returned, but they lucked out with two pick sixes in two minutes by Andy Dalton on that Thursday night game. So who's to take the blame for the Cardinals this season, Robert? Is it the, is it the front office? Is it Cliff Kingsbury? Is it Kyler Murray just looking disinterested? What do you think? Yeah, I, I go, I, I go Kingsbury. He's killing the team. You know, his job is to make the offense good, right? Good, not average. Good. Uh, you know, and, and his job is to have the offense on the same page, right? So that's his only job, uh, and he's completely crippled it. So I, I pin it all on him. They, all the talents there. There's no real key injuries that we can really speak to. Uh, and it's and it's got to be on him because everything that he's ever asked for is there in place. So I I don't find any other you know fingers to point other right at Coach Kingsbury. Yeah, I think I think I I, I don't want to put one hundred percent of the blame on Kingsbury. I think Kyler Murray deserves just as much. If you looked at his antics in the offseason, just he wanted to get traded. He demanded a trade. He didn't get a trade. He wanted a contract. He got his contract. He made it public that there was a clause in there that he doesn't watch enough film. They want him to watch enough film. I think that was a very dangerous leak because it didn't make the the Cardinals front office look bad. I think it made, in hindsight, it makes Kyler Murray because now every time you watch Kyler Murray play and when he struggles like he did, you have to wonder, Robert, is he watching tape? Because he can't read some of these coverages. And he's just, I've never seen the guy get sacked since he's, as much as he has since he got drafted into the league. I don't know if he's still just not – he thinks he could just get away on his talent because he's not going to be able to get away on his talent. And, unfortunately, the Cardinals are stuck with him after this contract. But I said – if you remember, I said before the season started that this was going to be a shit show. We, we, you and I both agreed Arizona was going to be a shit show. But I said some if, if Arizona goes from being a playoff team to not making the playoffs, heads are going to roll and the blame's going to come on Cliff Kingsbury. That being said, do you see him being the coach of the Cardinals next year if they continue this downward slide? No, no, I, I don't. They, they have to make a change because it's it's the poison in the well, right? It's There's, there's not going to be any changes. They, they can make all the, the splash moves in the offseason and have an absolutely epic draft. And I don't think it's going to make much of a difference because 
well, really, you know, what have they done, you know, with the exception, you know, of a couple of great games here and there, they're, they're not playoff caliber team, not the way it's built right now. Uh, and, and certainly not the way it's being led. So I, I don't think Kingsbury's got much left on his leash. Yeah, unfortunately, I do think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. I do think that he's just in a little over his head. I think that he needs to take a break from the NFL, go back to maybe college, see how, what he can do there. But he's going to have to be the scapegoat in this incident, in this instance. And it's unfortunate because I do like Cliff Kingsbury. But let's move on to the final game I want to highlight till we get into our fun segments. And that's the Titans and Chiefs. Now, both you and I, Robert, agreed when we had our picks that the Titans were probably the easiest cover of the week. I mean, there was a good chance that they could have upset the the Chiefs last night. So let me ask you this. Are the Titans better than we thought, Robert? Because Malik Wilson threw for only, I believe, 80 yards. And they still came within three points of being the Chiefs who needed Patrick Mahomes to throw 68 times just to beat the Titans. So are they better than we thought? Yeah, you know, it's a great point. I I say, yes, they are better than we thought, uh, but not for the reason that, that you pulled. They, I mean, their defense was really remarkable. Uh, you know, up until about the <laughs> About 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had the game won. Obviously, you know, they won this one last night, 20 to 17 in overtime. They did end up picking up 499 yards of offense. Uh, you know, the things that were really, really telling, and, and this came into play because, I mean, the defensively they're great, but we knew that when without Tannehill, they were going to start getting predictable, and Kansas City definitely started to key in loading up that box so, so heavily mm. to stop Derrick Henry. I mean, it, it got to a point where you knew, okay, it's going to be a handoff to Henry. Right. So load the box and stop him. Okay, great. Second and nine, maybe second and eight. Well, let's try it again. Okay, okay, great. Well, he picks up two yards, maybe nothing. So now it's third and long. And guess what happens? Tennessee ends up 1-4-11 on third down because they knew, they read him. And that's kind of just what you had to expect from, you know, a, a rookie quarterback. You know, Willis is going to get better, but this one was, you know, right there for the, you know, he saw it coming despite them being up 17 to nine late, uh, you know, Tennessee, like I said, so obviously with Henry doing so well, they ended up of course winning rushing 172 right. to 77, but that's because of the way the game flow ended up going. So, uh, yeah, really funny. Quarterbacks combined for, uh, what, 479 yards passing, uh, but pretty much in the most extreme way possible. Uh, Willis had 57 yards of passing. It's kind of the way we expected it to. They're, they're, they're really uh, – they'll get better. They'll get better, which is kind of scary because Tennessee is pretty darn good right now. Yeah, I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Tennessee was mediocre. I didn't even give them a flying chance. But if they're winning, they're 2-0 now with Malik Willis pretty much not playing good at all. And they are still they still manage to be 2 uh, – I'm sorry, they're 1-1 with Malik Willis. Not, pretty much not playing well at all. They could easily be 2-0. But I think there's a lot of problems for this team. I'm actually surprised they didn't make a deal at the at the trade deadline it also makes you wonder when they do get Landry back next year he had a season ending injury to start the season how really good they are going to be on defense but before we do move on let, let me talk about the Chiefs real quick is this a formula how you beat the Chiefs is it you just 
run the ball, you pound the ball, you just elongate your drives. Is this is that is the run the Chiefs defense Achilles here, Robert? In short, yes. Uh, but the here's the here's the key, right. The rub is this: how many teams have you know a system in place and a running back like Derrick Henry? I, I don't think many at all. So for 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 a franchise to come in to Kansas City and do what they did. I think that there's very, very limited few NFL teams that could possibly repeat what we just saw. Uh, that being said, that's exactly the way you beat them. Uh, you keep the ball away. You you run, run, and run some more. Um, and then on top of that, once you know, once you pick up your points, make sure that you do get your your red zone touchdowns because you know kicking field goals successfully isn't going to beat the. Um, beat the Chiefs anywhere, whether it's at home or on the road. But you nailed it, Allie. It's run the ball, control the clock, uh, and, and that's how you beat this team. So who are you taking if we get a rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago, if we have the Niners and the Chiefs this year? Oh, okay. Because uh, the Niners, they're that team. They're that <laughs> team that could run the ball. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have Debo Samuel. They will make those long drives. And it was a close game when they played a few years ago. But this year, because there's a potential that it could be a rematch, Kansas City versus San Francisco. So who are you taking this year? Uh, I would make, yeah, I would make San Francisco a one-point favorite in the Super Bowl uh, in this theoretical matchup. Yeah, and I would probably side with San Francisco in that matchup as well. And I did side with Kansas City when they did win the Super Bowl a few years back. So I did get that one. All right. Well, that's the four games I really wanted to highlight yesterday. I was thinking about highlighting the Dolphins and the Bears, but it's basically talking about Justin Fields and just his remarkable stance, just running the ball, which I'll give him all that credit, but I still am not a Justin Fields buyer. Real quick, though, before we go in, what did you make of that Dolphins Bears game that was pretty much just one side of the ball was just nothing but passing yards. The other side of the field with the Bears was nothing but running. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, I I think it's time maybe we should. I mean, look, Miami's like they, they, they just score at will. It doesn't matter who they end up playing, and it's really really you know fun to see if you just want to watch a ton of offense. But man, they they got scored on constantly. And this is not like the first instance of this happening. So I'm really, really concerned about, well, you know, they'll they'll make the playoffs. I just don't know if the defense on Miami's championship caliber. I mean, shit, Ali, that there was a PI on on that last play. Uh, and it, it, honestly, if if that was called. You know, Chicago probably at least picks up a field goal to tie it, if not score a touchdown to win it late. So, you know, they got away, they got the win, and I think it's, you know, really fun to watch. I just don't know quite yet if Miami's championship caliber, though. Yeah, their defense, I think they will get better once Bradley Child becomes a little more acclimated. But, right. but yeah, I'm just, I'm still not... I'm, I'm I'm skeptical of their defense as well. They they really don't have a good pass rush. I know Bradley Chubb will help, but it, it's going to be a long shot. I still think that they are far behind the Bills. I think the Bills will be favored, rightly so, and they will cover when they face in Buffalo later on this year. But we will see. All right, let's move on to a segment. We just had daylight savings time on Saturday, and I hope everyone remembered to 
put their clocks back. It was nice to get an extra hour. So I wanted to have its uh, segment in conjunction with the, I guess you'd call it a holiday. But all right, Robert, I'm going to give you a team. Now, this is our daylight savings time segment. Now, when I give you the team, you give me the point from the end of the Super Bowl last year to now that this team wished they could turn the clock back to and do something (laughs) differently. Okay, you you get it? (laughs) Okay, this is great. Sure. All right. First team up, the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) <laughs> turn back the clock to the point where they say, yep, we're going to move forward without Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go right there. And then, uh, you know, stop right there and say, you know what, Devontae here, take whatever you want. Here's the contract. Here's anything you could possibly dream of. Just stay with us and let's just keep winning. Yeah, I agree. I was going to make it when they could turn the clock back in the past few years, but I wanted to limit it to this past year because I think that they could redo it. They'd go back to that 2020 draft and not draft Jordan Love, who's basically just wasting away on the bench. And I don't even think he'll ever be a, a legitimate starting quarterback in the league. But yes, this year, I don't know what they were thinking trading J- Devontae Adams. Even when they traded for him, I still don't think they got the value they probably should have. Devontae Adams must be thinking the same thing, wasting away. And in Las Vegas, they're not winning there. I mean, this was just a match made of heaven between Rodgers and Adams. Why do you break up something as that good? So I agree with you on that one. All right, the next daylight savings time. time. Robert, the the LA Rams, where would these where would this team like to turn the clock back to? Oh man. Uh whew, this one's even tougher because uh there's no point in this year that we could go back to to fix things. Right. Uh, kind of to touch on what you said with the Packers, I guess, you know, the, the, like I said, the Rams sold their soul for the Super Bowl, right? And that's kind of, you know, how they got here today. They've got nothing. There's no depth. They got no draft picks. Uh, you know, Von Miller, yeah, sure, you did pick up a Super Bowl with them. But now look at their wins. Uh they beat the Panthers, who are two and seven. They beat the Cardinals, who we just talked about, who are three and six. And, okay, the Falcons, you know, so it was a good win there. You know, they're four and five. But that's it. It's all sub-500 teams that they have wins against. They're just beating up on teams that are, you know, lesser than them. And you play anything of higher quality, you just get run. I would – if I so if I'm the Rams, I'm turning the clock back all the way to whoever got on the phone with the Vikings and gave us an astounding recommendation to Kevin O'Connell, because I would have wanted to keep Kevin O'Connell as offensive coordinator because the Rams offense this year is (laughs) awful. So give Kevin McConnell a bad review. The Vikings don't hire him. You have your offensive coordinator back. At least he could do a much better job than what they're doing. (laughs) I, I still have a question. Has anyone seen the milk carton with Allen Robinson on the back saying, have you seen this man? <laughs> I actually thought, you no, know, I uh, dropped him in my fantasy league a few, a few weeks ago, but I actually thought my friend asked if I should, if she should start him yesterday. And I said, you know what? I would. Cause cup, we don't know if he's a hundred percent. And I actually think that Matt Stafford is going to have to rely on Allen Robinson. Cause you don't know how cup is. I was so wrong again. It's like Allen <laughs> has just disappeared. I, I don't know. I don't know. Baffles me. All right, the next team is the Arizona Cardinals, Robert. Where would this team like to turn the clock back to this year? Oh, wow. Uh, I guess we could go to a a fictional point where we could tell Cliff Kingsbury 
to just shut up and leave <laughs> Kyler Murray alone. Just let him play. Don't think about any clauses. Just, just have the team go out and run an offense that is capable of, of far, far more than what you're limiting it to. If, if I see one more screen pass thrown by Kyler Murray, I'm telling you, I'm going to throw my remote to the TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't think of an exact moment. I think that if I would, I would go back and not give Kyler Murray the contract he deserved. Well, it's up to debate if he deserves it or not, but I wouldn't give him a contract yet. I would kind of pull a Lamar Jackson and say, you show us what you can do uh, and the number waiting for you because sure. now you're stuck with the guy. So even if you fire Kings- Kingsbury at the end of the year, if Kyler Murray's the problem, you're stuck with him. Just like the Broncos are stuck with Russell Wilson you're stuck with Kyler Murray, so buyer beware. All right, next team, Robert. The Indianapolis Colts, where would this team like to turn the clock back to? Oh, wow. Okay, so, I mean, we, we see the disaster that was the New England game. I mean, they, it was oh, a 21 yards of offense. Uh, let's turn back the clock. I can't believe I'm saying this, to deciding that – we should go forward without Carson Wentz. <laughs> there, yeah, that's I mean, the point. Let's let's go back there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least Carson Wentz, he was winning games for them. He had them within one win of getting to the playoffs, even though a lot of people give him the blame for losing those last two games. At least he was winning. Matt Ryan couldn't do anything but fumble and get sacked when he was the quarterback. Sam Ellinger, if anyone thought the former Longhorn is an NFL quarterback, they are very mistakenly wrong. So I agree with you there. If they're going to part ways with Carson Wentz, don't do it with Matt Ryan. You could have probably went and got Jimmy Garoppolo at a much lower price. The Niners were just looking to get rid of him for whoever. While Garoppolo is not a star, at least he's a game manager. I think he right. would have been a better option. I think you would have had a lot of other better options out there. Heck, Robert, they could have signed Geno Smith. <laughs> Geno Smith was wow, yes. Imagine Geno Smith <laughs> on this team right now. I'm not saying that it might have translated because Frank Wright, who's no longer with the team as of today, is a way different coach than Pete Carroll. But, hey, there were definitely options out for you, and you picked the wrong one. All right, Robert. The last team that we're going to highlight for Daylight Savings Time is the is the Las Vegas Raiders. Where would this team like to cl- turn the clock back to? Oh, my God. I, I literally just called him the exorcist last week. Uh, this, <laughs> I don't, where do you go back to? Um, I, I mean, look, you, you go up 17, nothing at the half early in the second quarter. Um, uh, I, I really have no answers left for this team. I really don't. Uh, you gave up 400, 403 yards of offense. You got blasted in the rushing game, 166 to 73. You didn't do a thing in the red zone. It's just compounding on top of each other. Um, Yeah, I I guess we could go back to Green Bay Alley and say um, trading for and then putting every egg in the Devontae Adams basket there, right there. Yeah, I would I would add on to that that I would go to Green Bay and say, okay, we'll just take Aaron Rodgers off your hands too. <laughs> yeah. And have Aaron Rodgers go there because Carr is not the answer for them. 
I doubt the Packers would have ever traded Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have greenlit a trade to go to Vegas. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he would have liked to go to Vegas. But yeah, if you, you the, let's put it this way, we said it earlier. The Rodgers Adams, they're a package. They work well together. They win together. Derek Carr, I know he played with Devontae Adams in in college. I know they were best friends, but that was years ago. The, there was a lot that changes, and the NFL is much different than college football. So yes, if I'm with you, it's if I'm not getting the package of Rogers Adams, I'm looking elsewhere and I'm not putting all my eggs in one blanket. Okay, that was a fun segment. <laughs> so let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, and that's our buy or sell one. All right, Robert, we got five spicy topics for you. You ready? Ready. All right, the first one, buy or sell. Matt LaFleur will not return as Packers head coach next season. All right, I'm buying. You know, and I'm sure I'm going to hear shit for this, but who cares? <laughs> it's it's getting harder and harder for me to believe that LaFleur was actually the key to the Packers' success the last three years. Right. And, and so we can look at, again, Rodgers and Adams. I think they just covered up a ton of blemishes that LaFleur has. So, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm buying. Matt LaFleur is gone. I agree. And even if you look at some some playoff games that where he really got highlighted, I know there was when they lost to the Bucks two years ago, he made some really boneheaded moves that la- those last few drives. I think they kicked a field goal. At when they were like at fourth and goal when they needed ten to be or nine something like that to beat the to beat the Bucks, he's really just made a lot of poor decisions. I think Aaron Rodgers, the one reason why he's not getting all up in the media and just lambasting his team, is he wants Lafleur to go. And at this point, he knows he has a few years still left on his contract. Tank this year, let Lafleur go. You're going to get a top draft pick, get one of the best ride receivers that's going to be available in the market. So, yes, I agree with you. I think Matt LaFleur is gone. And I'm, I can't wait to hear all the headlines from that <laughs> once he's fired at, at, in reference to dodgeball. So, all right, the next <laughs> one. Buy or sell, Robert. Pete Carroll will win coach of the year. I am I'm buying. I'm buying. Um, I'm not in – so I don't know. If it, it's like – right? It's like peanut butter and jelly, right? Geno Smith now has six games this year with a 100 plus passer rating. He's successfully running the read option this year. I think Pete Carroll's like literally levitating on the sideline. So I'm telling you, this was in fact, Russ Wilson's doing that. The failure of last year was Russ Wilson and not Pete Carroll. I'm convinced of it. By the way, that those six games that Geno Smith's with that hundred plus passer rating that leads the NFL. Crazy, right? So the the system that Carroll put in place was no different than what he had with Wilson. So Wilson failed, the team failed. So they just said, "Okay, Geno, here's what we're doing. Um, why don't you go ahead and execute it?" And boy, did he! So. I am I am buying right now Pete Carroll for coach of the year. Six and three record. Yes, I am. I agree. I think you have to. I know Nick Sirianni's name's gonna be bought up, but Robert, if you're comparing the rosters between the Seattle Seahawks and the Eagles, along with the expectations, 
Pete Carroll has done so much more than what was expected of him. He took yeah. Smith pretty much off the dumps where no one else wanted him. He was a free agent. No one else grabbed him. And I mean, the, the Seahawks traded for Drew Locke thinking he was going to be the stopgap. So give Pete Carroll all the credit he deserves. They drafted very well. Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen. They're, they're one of them is going to win at least at least Kenneth Walker might win offensive player of the year award. I don't know. I think Sauce Gardner will beat out Terry Quillen, but it, it's it, it's amazing how they drafted. It's amazing the job Pete Carroll is doing. And in a division where we honestly thought that the NFC West was the best division in the entire NFC. So got to give Pete Carroll all the props in the world. OK, next buy or sell, Robert. Josh Allen will not win the MVP. Ooh, uh, okay. So I like the way you positioned that. Um, rather than saying, hey, are you buying or selling him winning it? So you're right. telling me, are you buying the no? And I love this. Um, yeah, you know what? I am going to say no. Um, not through any fault of his own, but the, the pack has started to catch up. And I think if you give me Josh Allen versus... Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Let's just even those three. Forget about the rest of the pack. I have to take the field. Um, I mean, crap. Mahomes may have won the MVP last night. <laughs> so um, I agree with you. I will buy Josh Allen, not MVP this year. Yeah, I'm gonna buy that too. I think I made the case last week that Tua's stock is rising. I still think, especially after his performance yesterday against the Bears, I think you still have to put stock in Tua. Jalen Hurts is obviously gonna be in the mix. I don't think Jalen Hurts will win it, but he's gonna be in the mix. I just think Josh Allen, every game that he doesn't play well is gonna be a blemish, especially when you're with the best team, well, the projected best team in the league. I just think you're more scrutinized, and I don't think he will win it as well. All right, the next one, Robert. Buy or sell? The Lions will finish the season with a better record than the Packers. That is incredible. All right, let's take a quick peek here. Got to look at the schedules. What my schedule says, um, Detroit, you are a dog the rest of the year, as we expect you to be. Um, a couple of close ones. Jacksonville might end up being a pick uh, at Carolina could probably tighten up. Hosting Chicago could probably tighten up. But then you end the year at Green Bay, and your Green Bay is already like an eight-point favorite. Speaking of Green Bay, um, at Dallas you'll be a dog. Tennessee you'll probably be a pick'em. Uh, hosting Tennessee, no less. Uh, at Philly a dog. At Chicago a dog. How about wow. that? Wow! Week thirteen you're going to be a four-point dog. Wow. And uh, this has legs. Um, I guess it'll come down to week 18, right? <laughs> uh, all right. You know what? Fine. Let's, I, I, I'm buying too much. Let me sell this one. I think Green Bay ends up picking up some pieces here after the buy. Uh, I, I think they'll have just a better record, but it'll have to come down to week 18. I'm going to buy this one because – you said it's going to come down to week 18. So what if the Packers, Robert, are so far out of it that they just let Jordan Love go ahead and start the game and, and let Aaron Rodgers rest for him? <laughs> then that game becomes a pick and Detroit wins. <laughs> there you go. So the Lions will finish with a better record than the Packers, and the Packers <laughs> dead last in that division. True, true. All right, final one, Robert. Buy or sell. 
The Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins acquisition will be equivalent of Von Miller going to the Rams and give the Dolphins a Super Bowl win. Ooh, okay. Uh, oh. All right, so how? let me parse this. Yes and no, right? Like the no, again, the no call, which should have been pass interference on that last Justin Fields deep ball to chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that puts the Bears inside the 25 with like 90 seconds left. So, yeah, look, it's it's one game, right? And, and it's one game that it's kind of tough to, to judge Bradley Chubb on. Um, but there's no doubt about it. Miami's headed to the playoffs and for all intents and purposes, they're probably going to have to end up playing on the road. Chubb better than Von Miller, but man, wait, okay. You definitely saved this. This one's really complex. <laughs> all right. You know, okay. I got it. You know what? I just, you just had to take it apart alley and I had to go and work it in reverse. You said Dolphins, a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. I say no to that. So everything else has to be no. So I'm selling that. So. I'm going to sell it as well. I think that they're <laughs> too flawed on defense, the Dolphins. The Rams at yeah. least had pieces in every other position on defense. The Dolphins don't. They're still a year away, maybe two from being, well, maybe just a year from being a Super Bowl contender. They need to sure up their secondary. They need to get a better defensive line. So I agree with you. I still think that if you had in an AFC championship game, if the Chiefs are there, if the Bills are there, I think the Dolphins, while it'll be a shootout, I do think that they eventually end up losing to either of those teams. So I agree with you. I'm selling that one as well. But it was a great acquisition. I will say that. Yes. All right. We are out of time for today, but Robert and I will be back on Friday this week and we will give our picks for week 10 coming up. Uh, Some good games. The Giants are back in play this week. We get a nice game against the Texans. Great, a great team to come back and play off of a bye. But before we sign off, Robert, you have any last words or advice for the audience? Yeah. Obviously there's been so much happening right now. And uh, yes, you know, look, the name of our show is, you know, nothing but locks. And, you know, just because we're in week number nine uh, of the NFL season doesn't mean that it's not going to keep rolling. There's still so much more to unravel as we're just basically at the halfway point. But obviously today I'm staring at, uh, you know, 80, 90 college basketball games. NBA is already deep in the thick of it. Hockey, there's UFC. There's just so much to choose from, uh, don't go and, you know, swallow everything whole, <laughs> take everything in little bits and pieces. Uh, and again, it, I know we rarely kind of touch on other sports, but if you are going to start looking at college basketball, do it the way I suggest doing college football, find your, well, mm-hmm. your favorite school or the, your alma mater and concentrate just on that conference going in. Right. Lots to take in. Lots have changed rosters have basically been flipped all over the place so take a look at your conference first master that and then unfold from there i think that you know in about two weeks these numbers are going to start getting a little bit sharper um so it's definitely something there you know something there to be picking at if you're looking at another sport other than well the king of sports here at the nfl yeah, I'll piggyback on that. I always tell people who start getting into sports betting and they hit maybe the first one or two bets with their beginner's luck. I say, don't, don't stretch it out. Don't just keep betting every day just to bet. You're not going to win every day. 
I don't care if you hit two in a row, maybe even three in a row, three in a row. It, you'll lose the next three probably. Definitely just concentrate on which teams you want to bet. Do your research. That's why I bet the NFL more than I bet any other sport because how it's how the games are spaced out. It gives me a week to actually do my research on these teams. College basketball, there's so many teams out there. Anything can happen on, on a given night. So like Robert said, pick one or two teams that you're really enthusiastic about. Pay attention to that conference, whether it's the Big East, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, whichever, and then focus on that, and you'll become a much better better. All right, well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for joining, and we will see you on Friday. Take care.